0: good morning ladies and gentlemen this is pastor harmony the christ man today i'm going to begin a new series and the title of this series is revealing christ as our food and water to eat and drink revealing christ as our food and water to eat and drink whatever you are let's pray Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for another day that you have made for us to rejoice and be glad. I pray for all my listeners and I ask you to speak to them. I ask you to open their eyes and reveal yourself to them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Revealing Christ as our food and water to eat and drink. I'm going to divide this series into three sections. Number section one, revealing Christ as our food and water. Section two, how to eat and drink Christ. And section 3, the purpose of eating and drinking Christ. So we're going to begin today with section 1, part 1. Section 1, part 1, revealing Christ as our food and water. The Bible is a wonderful book, honestly. The Bible is the book of eating and drinking. What does the Bible speak about? It is true that the Bible speaks of worshipping God. It is true that the Bible speaks about saving God. It is true that the Bible speaks about loving God and loving people. It is true that the Bible speaks about humility. It is true that the Bible speaks about submission. It is true that the Bible, in the Bible there are ethics and moral. But however, I know it is very strange to hear in Christianity today that the Bible speaks about eating and drinking. <laughs> I know. So that's why you are in for a surprise. And I will love and I would ask that you should stay with me in this series. Because we are in for rediscovery. It is true that the Bible speaks about life. It is true that the Bible speaks about salvation. It is true that the Bible speaks about love. And it's true that the Bible is a book of maybe teachings and revelations and knowledge. There are never are going to be discovered that the Bible is a book of eating and drinking the Lord. Eating and drinking the Lord. You know, after God created Man. God did not say to man, man. God did not say that man needed life and salvation. God did not neither did he say that man needed to love or to obey him. Nor did he say that man needed to be humble or to be peaceful. After God created man, he put man in the garden and he placed man before the tree of life, telling him, in effect, eat, eat, and eat. And these things are in the Bible. I know you have never known that. So, what does the Bible speak about? Honestly, what kind of book is the Bible? It's a book of eating, the book of drinking, the law. That is where we're going to have our greatest surprise. That is it. Now, to read your Bible, if you want to understand God, you want to read the Bible and understand God, you must be willing to drop your old concept when reading the Bible. If you want to read the Bible, if you want to understand God, you must be willing to drop your old concept when reading the Bible. Reading the Bible requires that we drop our old concept. We drop our old concept. What is our old concept? Our old concept of worshiping the Lord. Our old concept of just serving the Lord. We have to always learn how to read our Bible without our old concept in our mind. Even when the Bible speaks several portions in several portions about eating and eating and eating, no nobody is conscious of that. Nobody is conscious of that. Nobody is conscious that in Genesis chapter two verse seventeen, God says that the day you shall eat of it, you will die. Nobody is conscious of the fact that man fled because of what he ate. Nobody is conscious of that. Nobody is conscious of the fact that in Deuteronomy chapter twelve verse seven, there are several statements repeatedly that the Bible says that you shall eat. You and your household. Nobody is conscious of that. Yet we may not see this. You no, know, even after several times of reading, we may never see this. Nobody is even conscious of John chapter 6, verse 35. When Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus introduced himself as the bread of life that comes down from heaven. That whosoever eat of him shall live <laughs> and not die. Nobody is conscious of that. All of us. Oh, but all of us are so much conscious of Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. You know what the Bible says in Joshua 24, verse 15? That as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. That is our concept. And this sentence is spoken only once in the 66 books in the Bible. But every Christian sees this. Why? Because this is our natural concept. Our natural concept is to worship and to save God. Since we have this natural concept to worship and to save God, no matter which portion we read in the Bible, we only see worship and saving God, worshiping and saving God. But the Bible speaks several times and several places, several destinations on eating the Lord and eating and eating. That's why we're going to be making a lot of discovery now that we are beginning this series. So you have to stay with me so that we can make all these discoveries. So in reading your Bible, you want to understand God, please, be willing, be flexible, be willing to drop your old concept of just worshiping and serving God, be willing to drop your old concept and begin to just be flexible so that the Spirit of God can open you up to who God is, in the name of Jesus. Now eating is in the Bible. But it's not in your concept. That's why I many people, it is in the Bible, but it's not in your concept. Instead, the word to worship and to serve is in our concept. This word is so much in our concept. So much in our concept. Serving and worshiping God is so much in our concept. So no matter how sometimes the Christ man speak, you don't understand because of this concept that we have to just worship and serve God. And there is nothing wrong with the concept of worshiping and serving God. You know, but we have that so much in our concept to a level that we are missing the other aspect of God, which is more subjective to us. And that will cause us to experience God better. Now, this is how people read the Bible. This is how people actually read their Bible. They actually read their minds and concepts into the Bible. There are many people, you don't believe that, they read their minds and concepts into the Bible. They don't read the Bible into their minds, and their, but their minds into the Bible. People don't read the Bible into their minds, but they read their whole concept and minds into the Bible. God says that our thoughts are not His thoughts, yet we are not even willing to drop our thought. Every time you come to the Bible, you are not actually reading the Bible, you are reading your concept. Many people, that is a they come to the Bible, they are not reading what they are saying, they are reading their minds, they are reading their concept. they are reading their old conceived ideas, religious conceived ideas that they have taken from from fathers of faith and forefathers. For instance, where is it found in the Bible, these are critical stuff, where is it found in the Bible that Christians are demon possessed people and they need deliverance. Where is it found in the Bible? Genesis to Revelation, where is it found in the Bible that Christians are demon possessed and they need deliverance but you have it in your concept. As a matter of fact, we have this generation, this prophetic generation have taken demons and put in every scripture. We have taken enemies and put in every scripture. So no matter where somebody reads, you only see enemies, you only see demons. Where is it found in the Bible that God's blessing are material possessions? Where is it found in the Bible that God's blessing are material possessions? I want you to show me that everywhere we read the Bible, we can see God's material possession as God's blessing. It is in our concept. That's a religious concept. Where is it found in the Bible that people, that human beings are our real enemies? Where is it found in the Bible that people are our real enemies? That until they die, we can never succeed. Where is it found in the Bible that people that God created, that Christ came to die for, God created and they fell, God Christ redeemed them, that they have become our enemies? Where is it written in the Bible? the until they die until your uncle die you will never succeed where is it found in the bible but we have all those if i if we have all those concepts in our mind so when we read the bible we don't even see what is in the bible we are reading our concept into the bible now where is it found in the bible that you have problems from your father's house and your mother's house where is it found that your problem is from your father's house and mother's house. Where is it found in the Bible? The greatest problem that happened to humanity was the fall of man. The fall of man is the source of all the problems in the world. And Christ is the answer. Christ is the solution to all the problems in the world. But we have we have, we have, have created our African tradition, our African culture. We have imposed our African culture into the Bible. And we think that what we are doing is the Bible. no. We have to drop our old concept when we want to read the Bible. So when we want to read our Bibles, let's drop our old concept. We should not superimpose our minds, our our African culture into the Bible. We should not do that. Do you know that what we practice in Africa in the name of Christianity, that is not what is practiced in the Western world? It's only in Africa that we have demons, that demons from the fathers, and mothers house troubling people. But in the Western world, these things are not found. Why? Because what we are practicing is our culture. We have taken our culture and bring them into the Bible. You now, let me surprise you again. Where is it found in the Bible that Jesus is coming soon? Where is it found in the scripture that Jesus is coming very soon? And why is it meaning of very soon? Where is it really found in the scriptures like that? So what am I trying to say? We have taken some concept in our minds that we got it, inherited it from our fathers, forefathers in the faith. Religious concept, and we have superimposed them on the scriptures. So instead of us to read the Bible as it is, we are reading our concept, reading our minds into the Bible. Now listen to me. It is true that the Bible is a book of life. The Bible speaks about Christ, salvation, worshipping and saving God. But more importantly, the Bible is a book of eating and drinking the Lord. Like this concept, which this idea about the Bible that I'm about, I'm passing to you, is strange to you. Why is it strange to you? Because of the old concept you have had about God, you heard about the Bible. The Bible most importantly speaks about eating and drinking. And I'm going to, from, from Genesis to Revelation, I'm going to bring you scriptures that prove that. God revealed himself to us as food for us to eat and to drink For example, let me bring some biblical proofs to help you understand more that the Bible speaks more about eating the Lord, eating and drinking the Lord. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 to 17, God desired that man should eat of the tree of life. Genesis chapter 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, this is in the Bible, and it's in the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis. Now, please hear me. After God created man, he did not say, Adam, I created you, you know i am your lord you know you have to worship me you have to thank me you have to praise me god did not tell adam like that now we do not see these words recorded in the bible these things are not recorded in the bible but these thoughts are man they are man's religious concept they are our religious concept our religious concept i am not suggesting that these concepts are bad but this this religious concept came out of man's fallen thought, man's fallen thought. This religious concept, worship me, serve me, thank me, praise me, they came as a result of the fall of man. Man's fallen thought. They were not there from the beginning. These thoughts were not there from the beginning, not there from the beginning. After God created Adam, God placed him in the front, in front of the tree of life, and told him to freely eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden. You can't believe that the first commandment that God gave to man was that if you eat, not to worship, not to serve. Eat. You are free to eat of every tree in the garden. And you are not supposed to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because the day shall partake of it. That is when you are going to die. So the first thing God wanted man to do was to eat, to eat, and to eat it. Therefore, we see that the Bible is a book of eating. Now, from Genesis, I'm already giving you the proof. To eat who? To eat what? To eat God. To eat the Lord. And that's why many people don't know that the first revelation that God brought to man was that he was, a, he was the tree of life for us to eat. Tree of life. Have you ever had a tree called the tree of life? Have you ever had the tree called the tree of life? And who told you that that tree was just a tree? That was God presenting himself, revealing to man as the tree of life, as life for man to partake of him. A man to partake of him. And the first mistake that man made was a dietary mistake. He made a mistake with what he ate. He ate the wrong thing. And that led to the fall of men. So it is a dreadful thing to eat the wrong thing. Adam fell because he ate the wrong thing. And our phys- and physically, and our physical eating is a symbol of this matter. Physically, we're supposed to be very careful with what we eat. All of us, physically, we must be careful about what we eat. Anything we eat, whether it is of an animal life or plant life, supplies us life, it supply life to us. Do you know that everything that we eat gives us life, supply life. Whether from animal life or plant life, it supplies us life. If we eat the wrong thing, we can be poisoned. We can be poisoned. As a matter of fact, we can become sick. And more dangerously, we can die. Our diet are very important. Our diet and the kind of things that we eat are very important. As a matter of fact, what is killing people is what they eat. The first mistake that man did was a dietary mistake of the kind of thing he was supposed to eat. The same is true in the spiritual realm. The fall of man was a product of what he ate, not who he worshiped. The fall of man was a product of what he ate, not who he worshiped. The fall of man was a product of what he ate, not who he worshipped. Only God is the right food. He is. the Only God is the right food for us to eat. I'm telling you, only God is the right food for us to eat. The tree of life in the garden was the re- revelation of God himself. So Samadraba was the revelation of Christ. Revelation of Christ, the tree of life. Remember, Christ came as the tree of life. That Adam failed to partake of Christ came as the tree of life. He said, "I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly." What is he saying? I'm coming that they may partake of the tree of life. Since they failed to partake of the tree of life, I'm coming so they can partake of the tree of life. That is so. That is that is why I said man fell because of what he ate. So because of that, if we eat anything that is not God, we eat the wrong thing. Whatsoever we partake of, which is not God, we are partaking of the wrong thing. And not surprising, every human being has been poisoned because of what they ate, because of what Adam ate. Every human being has been poisoned. Let me surprise you with the last sentence. The last sentence, the, Genesis, the last sentence in the book of Genesis. The last sentence in the book of Genesis. The last sentence in the book of Genesis. This is what it says. It's talking about Joseph. They embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. They're talking about Joseph. This was the end of Joseph and it is the end of the entire human race this is the outcome of a man who was created by god and who was poisoned by what he ate what did they do after being poisoned man died after his death he was placed in the coffin and after being placed in the coffin he remained in egypt remained in they embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in egypt they're talking about joseph the end of joseph and it is the end of the entire human race when he partook of what he was not supposed to partake of. He was poisoned, died. And after his dead, he was placed in the coven. Being placed in the coven, he didn't man in Egypt. He died. So man fell as a result of what he, he ate. The fall of man was a product of eating. And the first revelation that God gave to us was the revelation that he was the tree of life for us to partake of him. So don't forget, although the Bible speaks about worshipping the Lord, although the Bible speaks about worshipping the Lord and and saving the Lord, you know, the Bible also speaks about eating and drinking the Lord. Eating and drinking the Lord. The Bible does not just speak about worshipping the Lord and saving the Lord. The Bible speaks about eating and drinking the Lord. The first revelation God presented to man of himself was not a king for, for him to worship or to serve, but the tree of life for us to eat and drink. The first revelation God presented to man was that he was the tree of life. Because he planted the tree of life. The first commandment God gave man was not to worship him, but to eat him, to partake. Of the tree of life, the fall of man was not a was a product of what he ate. Man fell as a result of diet, what he ate, not who he worshipped. God is our rightful. Our job as Christian is to feed on Christ daily. Jesus Christ, remember, He said, "I am the bread of life. So whosoever eat of me, whosoever eat of me shall live." and not die, shall live forever. Whosoever partake of me shall live forever. Why? Because he was the tree of life. He was the bread of life. And so this is just the beginning of this series. I'm going to come further to explain better more about this. But I pray for you this morning. I pray for understanding. I pray that God will fill you with the knowledge of his will in all the wisdom and spiritual understanding. I pray for spiritual understanding. I pray that you start to see God in Christ as your food and water for you to eat him and drink him in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray for understanding. I pray that God will reveal himself to you as your food and water for you to partake of him on a daily basis in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are too blessed. So you must stay with me through this series so that we can explore all of this series in the name of the Lord Jesus. I am your friend and pastor. Harmony, the Christ man, and I love you with the love of Christ to contact me, contact me in my worship. You are too blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Bye-bye. Amen. Because of the Whatever you say good morning ladies and gentlemen this you is pastor me harmony me the christ man today we are going to continue on our series on revealing christ as about food and water for us to eat and drink wherever you are let's pray father in the name of the lord jesus i thank you for my listening and i ask you to speak to them this morning again in the name of the lord jesus amen today we're going to continue on section one part two revealing christ as our food and water yesterday we made a startling discovery, and what were the discovery that although it is true that the bible reveals god as our king and our lord for us to worship and to serve him the bible equally reveals god in christ as our food and water for us to be eating and drinking him for me which is more preferable which is more preferable that the Lord should be revealed to us as our water and our food for us to be eating and drinking. Because if there is anything that we do every day, it's eating food and drinking water. So if the Lord reveals himself to us as our daily food and daily water, I think that is more preferable than for us, than for him to reveal himself to us as a king and the Lord for us to be worshiping him. Maybe in a particular spot or a particular building. So we discover that in Genesis chapter 2, 16 and 17, God revealed himself as the tree of life for us to eat him, for us to eat him. The first commandment that God gave to man was not to worship him, but to serve him. But Was not to worship him, no, to serve him, but to eat him. The first commandment God gave to man was not to worship him, was not to serve him, but to eat him. The day you shall partake of this tree, certainly that you are free to eat of everything in the garden. But the day you shall partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you are going to partake of death. you are going to die. And the first mistake that man made that led to the fall of man was a dietary, dietary mistake. Dietary mistake. Man ate the wrong food and he died. And Christ is our real food. Christ is our real food. So today. I want to continue to prove that the Bible is about eating the Lord. The Bible is about eating the Lord. The Bible is not just about worshiping the Lord as King or serving the Lord as Lord. No, the Bible is about eating the Lord. Eating the Lord. Eating the Lord. God revealed Himself in the Bible as food and water for us to eat and to be drinking Him. Like we saw yesterday in Genesis chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, God revealed Himself in Christ as the tree of life for us to partake of him genesis chapter 1 genesis chapter 2 from 16 and 17 god revealed himself in christ as the tree of life for us to partake of him today we're going to look at exodus even the book of exodus god desire was for man to eat the lamb no oh, remember remember when they were, when god was about to deliver the children of Israel you know, from Egypt. You know, that very last night that he wanted to do that deliverance, there was an instruction that he gave to them. What was the instruction that all of them, that's Exodus chapter 12 from verse, just read from chapter 12 from verse 1 right up to the end, all the instructions are found there. God asked him to look among the sheep and the goats, a lamb, a lamb, a lamb. Look at verse 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep oh, from the goat. God instructed them to get a lamb. A lamb. <laughs> that is a baby goat or a baby sheep. That's the meaning of a lamb. And look at verse. Look at verse 11. Verse 11. That shall. Eat okay, no normally the instruction was that they should kill the lamb and take the blood and 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 put it on their doorpost, you no know, flash it, sprinkle the blood on their doorpost. So when the angel of death is coming, we shall pass over. Because that was actually called the passover lamb, the passover lamb. And so what are they supposed to do with that lamb? What are they supposed to do with the flesh? So the blood is supposed to be at the doorpost. So what will become of the flesh? What will become of the of the lamb? Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, And thou shalt eat it. Thou shalt eat it eat. Eat, eat, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and you are starving your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. For it is the Lord's Passover. <laughs> you didn't get that. So what are they supposed to do with the lamb that all of them are supposed to kill? Not to observe it, but to eat. Okay, look at John chapter 1 verse 29. And this is John the Baptist speaking. The next day John says Jesus coming unto him, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. <laughs> Whatever I mean, that lamb they were eating was Christ. That lamb they were eating. That passover lamb was Christ. Behold, behold, this is John speaking, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. One of You the blood. The blood actually speaks of redemption, Passover, and the flesh for eating. So under the blood in those houses, the guys were busy eating the lamb and eating the lamb. So in Genesis, God had presented himself as the tree of life. And in Exodus, God presented himself as the lamb, as the lamb. All for what? So that we can eat, so that we can partake, we can eat. So God first presented himself as a plant, and, he, and secondly he presented himself as an animal and you now these two are not enormous big figures no they are not big a lamb is a small no lamb is small so god didn't present himself as a king or an emperor <laughs> genesis god presented himself as a tree of life very small a tree that adam could have access to and in genesis chapter in exodus he presented himself as an animal not as a big elephant animal, but as a lamb, very small. So God did not present himself as a king, but as an emperor. He presented himself as fool. And that is not to say that God is not great. However, when the great God gave himself to us to be eaten by us, he reduced himself. Jesus himself, you know, so when Jesus actually came the first time, the Jews were waiting for a Messiah, you know, when Christ came, coming of Christ, the Jews were actually waiting for a Messiah, you know, so in their concept, the Messiah had to be a great one, great king, according to the Jews, the Messiah was supposed to be a great king, however, when the Lord Jesus came, they looked at him and found him to be one who appeared weak with that attracting, without attracting form of majesty. Can you imagine? look at Jesus? And who was born in the city of Nazareth in Galilee? So, man, he was indeed very small to them. Which kind of a person is that? I thought we were expecting a great guy. I thought we were expecting a great king, And then, emperor. What we we're expecting. Not this kind of small, toothless bulldog, you know. And one day, one day, in the book of John, chapter 6, this very small Jesus that they despised performed something spectacular. In the book of John, chapter 6, he fed five thousand people, not counting the women and the children, with five loaves of five loaves of bread and two fishes. Therefore, the Jews now say, look at in verse 14. In the book of John, chapter 6, this is what the Jews said. Now, this is a prophet. They said he is a prophet. And come let us make him a king so they wanted to take him and make him a king by force i mean the jews and verse 15 what happened and the lord jesus quickly disappeared when disappeared when he heard this he disappeared look at verse 15 of john chapter 6 when jesus therefore perceived that they will they will come and take him by force and make him a king he departed again into the mountain into the mountain himself alone, he disappeared because these guys wanted to make him somebody that he is not. Remember, they despise him because the way he was born, he was born not as a king. Now, now, because of this miracle, they want to take him now and make him a king. And what happened when they wanted to do like that, he disappeared. Now, listen to me, you guys, listen to me. Now, he doesn't want us to applaud him. If we applaud him, he will not receive it. I remember in all our religious gathering the first time anytime the first thing somebody would take a microphone and do is that let us clap for the kings of kings and the lord of lords. anytime we make such statement he flees when the people wanted to make him a king what happened he disappears he disappears we love to always applaud him as king and lord but he doesn't want that appearance he doesn't want to appear as a king or as a lord now if you put him in high position because we always like to put christ in high position as a matter of fact we want to put him at the high table high table instead he wants to be the food that people will be eating in the feast you can't believe that because being at the high table you can impact people but the food that people are supposed to eat in a the gathering or in an occasion is more important than those who sit at the high table because that food will impact nearly everybody so anytime we want to put him in a high position as a king he will not accept it rather he will run away and that's what happened when they wanted to make him a king say boy that is not me i'm going to disappear from this place and that is how he disappeared and the next day what happened the jews took private boat and followed jesus they ran and came after Jesus. We are still in the book of John, chapter six, from verse twenty-five. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when comest thou hither? When did you come here? Verse twenty-six. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and you were filled. Can you imagine? You are seeking for me not because of the miracle. Because you ate the loaves of bread and you were satisfied. Now, let me give you an advice. What is the advice? Look at verse 27 labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endured unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Can you imagine what he was saying? Their bread I gave you was physical bread for you to eat and to drink. This is the bread that perished. Don't labor for that kind of bread. But labor for the one that gives life, that endurance unto everlasting life. And who was that bread? Christ was that bread. Okay. Now they continue the story. Verse twenty-eight. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we may we might we might do the works of God. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. You know, the guys were there. Okay. Now they now said, Therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we might see and believe thee? What what dost thou walk? What is thy walk? And they also quoted in verse 31, That our Father this eat manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread, from heaven to eat and jesus took over in verse 32 and said then jesus said unto them verily verily i say unto you moses gave you not the bread from heaven but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven for the bread of god is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world I can't believe this the bread of god is him that come out down from heaven and give life unto the world So the Jews now said, okay, and then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. They didn't even know what they were expecting. So they now said, okay, give us this bread. Since the bread that Moses ate in the wilderness was not the bread that came down from heaven, so we want you to give us this bread. Forevermore, we want to eat this bread, Jesus. And Jesus surprised them because they didn't know what he was about to say. Verse 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life i have come to be your food i have no intention to be your king do not worship me the more you worship me the more i am displeased with you if you eat me i am happy i am the bread of life he who eats me shall live because of me That is paraphrasing. I'm actually paraphrasing that verse. So from verse 35, read right up to maybe 58. Jesus Christ is convincing them that he is the bread of life. So ask me what happened when Jesus spoke like this. That very day, Jesus had 72 disciples. He lost 60 disciples that day. He lost 60 of them. And I pray that as you are even hearing me, you should not lost me. I pray that you should, I pray that that I should not lose you who have been following me because of what I'm revealing, revealing Christ as our food and water for us to eat and drink. Can you imagine? When Jesus Christ brought down this revelation, remember in the book of John, they wanted to make him a king just because of what they saw. But Jesus Christ revealed himself to them as the as the bread of life, the bread that comes down from heaven. I don't want you to be a king, I don't want you to worship me. I don't want you to carry me and put in a high position. No, no, no. I don't want to be in the high table. I want to instead be the food that people are eating in a feast. I don't want you to watch me. Anytime you're watching me, I am not happy. I always disappear. I always flee. But when you want to eat me, that is when I'm available. Because when you are eating me, you are partaking of life. You are partaking of life. I came as the very tree of life that Adam failed to partake of. So that you can partake of. When you partake of me... You are partaking of life because you will not live. Because I came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. You can worship me and have life. But when you eat me, when you partake of me, that's when you are partaking of life. And that is the position that I want to take. I'm taking the position of food and water for us. For you people to partake of me. Now, nah, 60, 60 of his disciples said, this is hard saying, we can't take it. How does he want that? We should eat his flesh and drink his blood. It is this it it is occult, occult, occultism or what is he talking about here? 60 of his disciples fled and disappeared and only the 12 were there. And Jesus looked at the 12 and said, you people are also here. Can't you people go? And Peter answered and said, you have the word of life. We have no other place to go. We have no other place to go. If partaking of you will give us the life, then we are supposed to, we will partake. We will eat of you. <laughs> now I want you to listen very well because this is neither a moral concept nor a religious concept. It is truly a divine concept. Now do you know that t- today we still have our belief, we still have our religious concept, we still have the feeling that the Lord is high above in heaven that he is altogether holy as a matter of fact we believe that he's a dangerous god and a consuming fire the kind of concept we have about god is a religious concept very religious concept king and lord we're supposed to worship him and if we don't worship him, he's going to kill us no he revealed himself to the food that we eat every day because what supplies us strength what gives us strength is the food that we eat every day the water somebody say water is life why because anytime we take water you receive energy and strength and god revealed himself as food and water for us to partake of him i came that they may have life and have him more abundant. How are you going to have the life? You can't have the life. The king doesn't supply life. No, you all, what you do to a king is to worship a king. The only thing that gives life is food. The day you shall partake of me. I say, the day you shall partake of this other tree will certainly die. But you are free to eat of every tree in the garden. And there was a tree called the tree of life. Tree of life. whatever means for you to have life, you have to eat him. You can't worship a king and have life when you partake of of christ as our life that is when you are partaking of life of life like i said all over the world we still have this concept that god is a king like i'm saying i'm not saying that god is the concept is wrong i'm not saying that god is not king i'm not saying that god is not lord so please don't begin to misquote the christ man like i said they have nothing to benefit us Anytime you are hungry, the food that is on the table, whether you're partaking of that food, has nothing to benefit you. But the one that comes into you is the one that benefits you. As a matter of fact, remember that man fell because of what he ate. When man observed the fruit and observed the tree, nothing happened. It's when he ate the fruit that man fell. So it is what you take into your system that either gives you life or destroys you. So God himself revealed himself to us as food for us to eat and drink. And that does not cancel the fact that God is King and Lord. Like I said, being King and Lord, worship him. And you worship him. No matter how you cry and pray without partaking on him, he doesn't like it because it does not help you. It doesn't give you life. It's when you partake of him that you have life. When you partake of him that you have life. And that is it. So, wow. So God's concept is not for you to do anything. To do anything except to eat him. You didn't hear that. God, God doesn't have any concept of worshiping and serving. Like the way we believe in. Sing some nice song and sing some. No, no. Partake of him. When you partake of him, that when you're happy because he cannot be your life. He cannot supply life to you. Remember, the first thing that God promised man was life. How do we have life? By partaking of him, he came to be our life. For you, us to have life, we must partake of him. Now, I want to let just look at this scripture again. Look at John chapter 6, from verse 56 to 58. Now, this is Jesus is speaking He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. This is wonderful. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, dwelleth in me and I in him. My brother, this is union. This is mingling. This is what I call saturation and intoxication. He that eateth of me and drinketh my blood, dwelleth in me and I in him. This is what we call oneness. Union. Oneness. Intoxication. Saturation. Mingling. Let me tell you, the food that you eat becomes you, becomes you. It enters into every part of your system and gives you the strength and supplies you the energy and the strength. And that's what Jesus was saying here. 57, as the living father has sent me and I live by the father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. And verse 58, this is that bread which, cooked, which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did at manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live. Forever he that eateth of this bread, he that eateth of me shall live forever. Because when I come into your system, I become your life. Christ is our life. For Christ to be our life, we have to eat him daily. It's not just our life, is the bread of life. It's one thing to have life, one thing to maintain the life. For you to maintain the life, you have to keep constantly eating food so that you can keep having life. He that it of this bread shall live forever. Now, let me suppress you. Do you know what? Let me tell you what. Our church fathers told us that this is the communion table. I know all of you who usually take communion in different churches. Anytime they're about to take communion, they will go to John chapter 6 and read that. And our forefathers, our church fathers told us that this is talking about communion table. Bigger than communion table, my brother. Remember, now this is actually what I call communion, koinonia, in Greek, fellowship, oneness, but not the physical bread and wine that we practice in the name of communion. People partake of communion and still die. People partake of the body and the blood of Jesus in the name of communion, and they don't have the life of God in them. The life of God is bigger than the communion that we partake every Sunday, first Sunday of the month, bigger than that. We're talking about Christ himself as spirit coming into our spirit, our union with him our union with him, our oneness with him in spirit whosoever has joined unto the Lord is one with the Lord, in spirit my brother bigger than physical communion bread and wine, bigger than that So our communion is our oneness, it's our fellowship in spirit So what church fathers told us that so all of us partake of communion thinking that we're going to partake of life not bigger than that bigger than that, <laughs> you know what Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, the word of God is God himself, when you are feeding on the Lord, Christ is a spirit, Christ is a person, spirit person, we are supposed to be intoxicated, saturated with him, saturated with him by feeding on him, to my friends, Christ is our food and water for us to eat, <laughs> Him and to drink Him so that we can live forever. I'm going to continue proving tomorrow the fact that Christ is our food for us to eat and our water for us to drink. I will continue to prove that point because I want to make my point so clear so it should not go and misquote the Christ man somewhere. I pray for you in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you will take Christ from today as you have daily food and daily water. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that you start taking Christ daily and drinking Christ daily as you have food and water. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, let this revelation sink deep into their spirit. Father, open their eyes so that they can understand that you are bigger than just a king, just just a king, just a lord. You are our food and water for us to eat and drink every day in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. I love you with the love of Christ. This is Pastor Harmony Gavison, the Christ man. If this has blessed you and this is blessing you, please do me a favor. Share and keep sharing and keep sharing. I love you. With the love of Christ to contact me. Just contact me in my WhatsApp. God bless you. I love you. Bye-bye. You love Thank you for loving me. good morning ladies and gentlemen this is pastor harmony the christ man today i'm going to continue on revealing christ as the as our food and water for us to eat and drink we are still in section one wherever you are i'm praying for you father in the name of the lord jesus thank you for my listening and asking to open your eyes this morning reveal yourself to them as their food and water for them to eat and drink in the name of the lord jesus amen today we are on part three section one part three revealing christ as our food and our water now it is true that the bible reveals god in christ as our king and lord for us to worship and to serve him it is very true but this revelation has nothing to do with us in the sense that it is an objective revelation of god that cannot directly impact God's life into us into us no. so you must be very clear about that there is nothing wrong with the understanding that God is our king for us to worship God is our Lord for us to serve him but this revelation does not directly impact us impact God's life into us so the greatest, most beneficial revelation of God in Christ is the revelation of Christ as our food and water for us to eat and to drink no this is it is what really impacts us so god is both objective and subjective but the revelation of the subjective nature of god has more to benefit us to strengthen us to reveal himself to us to impact himself into us and that's why we are discovering that the bible is bigger than revealing god as our king for us to worship but revealing god as our food for us to eat Yesterday we discovered that in the book of John chapter 6, when they wanted to make Jesus a king, he disappeared. And instead revealed himself to the people as the bread of life. John chapter 6, after he performed the miracle, they wanted to take him by force and force him to be a king. Remember, this is the person that was rejected being a king. But after he performed a major miracle, you know, they wanted to force him by, they wanted to take him on force to be their king, and he disappeared. Why? Because he doesn't want us to always, to recognize him as a king. He wants us to recognize him as our food and whatever else we eat and drink. And when they finally met him, he revealed himself to them as their bread of life. So God is not to impress when we take him as king, to worship him, when we take him as, but when we take him as the bread of life, to eat him, to eat him, That is life. That's where life is found. Life is found when we take Christ in our lives. That's when he becomes our strength. And that is why I said there there are no etiquette stuff when we has to do with God. No, we have to take in Christ so that we can be strengthened by him. And we have discovered that in Genesis chapter 2, God in Christ revealed himself as the tree of life for our eating. And in Exodus chapter 12, God in Christ revealed himself as the Passover lamb for also our eating, our eating. So today I will continue to show you that the Bible revealed Christ as our food and our water. That's why I want to continue to show you today again. Now we're going to learn in the book of Deuteronomy. You know, you will also discover that God desired, yeah, was for man to eat the produce of of, of the land, the produce of Canaan land. In the book of Deuteronomy, you will see all kinds of produce as different kinds of offerings for the people of Israel to bring before God. When the children of Israel entered their promised land, everybody had their portion of the promised land. They call that inheritance. Everybody, they had their portion of their inheritance, the portion of the land that 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 God promised them. And but we discover in the book of Colossians chapter one verse twelve that giving thanks unto the Father who had made us of of the partakers of the inheritance of the saint in light, and we discover this inheritance, this portion which they have is Christ. Every tribe had their portion to labor on it and to produce fruit, and these kinds of and all kinds of produce are all kinds at times of Christ. The portion they had was Christ. The produce they were supposed to produce from there was Christ. It's Christ. And in that very deuteronomy you know they were supposed to be meeting three times a year the children of israel were supposed to be meeting three times a year and there was an, an instruction that was given to all of them that they should never come to the house of the lord empty-handed they were to bring an offering or a produce why because all of them have been given a portion of the land all of them have been given their inheritance they are not they now have the portion of the land I remember this portion is christ and the job was that they were supposed to labor on this portion so anytime they come to the tabernacle, to the, to the temple, to the house of the Lord, they should not come empty-handed. empty-handed. So although the offerings although the offerings were all for God, but eventually they were for us to eat. They were bringing all those produce for, for us to participate on it. For us to eat. And all these offerings were a type of Christ. That's why you must understand. All these offerings were a type of Christ. For our For our participation. You know. So what we offer to God. Yet it becomes our food. Therefore we must eat what we offer. Eat what we offer. And what we offer is a type of Christ. That becomes our food for us to eat. So at this stage. What we enjoy is not only the lamb, but also the feast. Anytime we come together, the building, we are coming to feast on Christ. We are coming to feast on Christ. You know, so in this feast that we have, we don't just have the lamb, but we also have the oxen, the sheep, the pigeons, the grain, the new wine, and all kinds of fruit, all kinds of fruit. I'm using the analogy of the fruits that they were bringing to the house, to the tabernacle, in the altars in in the Old Testament, when the children of Israel came to to gather three times every year, I'm using that analogy. But all of them were a kind of Christ. All of them were a kind of Christ. So we have a rich feast that includes both the plant and animal, which are all types of Christ, a type of Christ. So you must never forget that. So today, today we eat. Today, we eat Christ not only as a tree of life and as a lamb, but as a feast. We participate, with it, Christ. We take Christ in as a feast. We are keeping the feast of Christ. Now, listen to me. I am not trying to bring on the table some celebration and religious stuff that takes place once in a while. No. Now, listen very well. Every church meeting, is to keep the feast and to eat Christ. As a matter of fact, one time, the Spirit of God revealed to me that the church building where we gather every Sunday is a kind of a spiritual restaurant, a kind of a spiritual restaurant with only one menu on the table, and that is Christ. And that is Christ. The church building where we gather together every Sunday is a kind of spiritual restaurant with only one menu on the table. And that is Christ. The food on the table is Christ. The water on the table is Christ. For us to eat and to drink. We are feeding on Christ when we meet together. And we call that the feast. Feasting on Christ. Keeping the feast. Feasting on Christ. When we meet together. Now, we come to church to feed on Christ. We don't come for doctrine. Now, listen to me. We don't come to church for doctrine. We don't come for teachings. We don't come for ethics. We don't come for morality. We come to eat. We come to feed on Christ. We come to feed on Christ. Anytime you are in in the religious church environment, and the only thing they give you is what you are supposed to do and what you are not supposed to do, We are not doing the right thing. We come to feed on Christ. What we need is the energy, the strength to overcome sin. The strength to overcome weaknesses, sicknesses in our lives. And that strength is Christ alone. You need humility. Feed on Christ. You need submission. Feed on Christ. Christ is all Christ is all. The church environment where we come every Sunday, every Wednesday, or within the week. It is a kind of a spiritual restaurant with only one menu on the table, and that is Christ. Christ is the answer to the the problem of sickness the problem of of pride the problem of 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 death the christ is the answer we feed on christ christ is the answer to the problem of immorality we don't come to receive doctrines we don't come to receive uh, ethics and moral We come to feed on christ because the all-inclusive Christ dissolves. It's like an all-inclusive dose that 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 takes care of every problem of humanity. You must remember that the only reason why God created you and I was for Himself. He created us so that He can come into us, seal us, saturate us, intoxicate us, and and express Himself through us. So we come. To church to feed on Christ. We come to we're keeping a feasting when we come to church to feed on Christ. And Christ must be the only menu on the table. We come to feed on Christ. We come to feed on their bread of life. <laughs> and that is the original meaning of the word communion. Communion and fellowship Koinonia. Like I said yesterday, the church father says said that. No communion is something that has to do with just physical. That like what we take sometimes once in a while, bigger than that, to come to feed on Christ come to feed on christ we come to participate in the divine nature we come to be saturated and intoxicated with the life of christ when you read your bible when you are praying when we come together we are coming for a feast the church environment is a feasting environment what are we feasting on we are feasting on christ we are feasting on christ we are feasting on christ and that is why we come we don't come to hear about demons we don't come to hear about father's house and mother's house problem. No, we come to feast. Come for a feast. We come to participate. We come to partake of the tree of life. <laughs> now why we come. And in the tree of life, there is no dead. Whether, they are dead, whether you come to church with death in your blood, dead in your system. But when you begin to feed on Christ, you are deserving that To overcome death bring life. To overcome that bring life. Don't begin to talk about that. To overcome any kind of problems in this world. Bring Christ. Christ is the overcomer. Christ is the answer. Christ is the life that we all need. And in the book of Revelation, God also desires that we should all participate again. Eat the tree of life. Revelation chapter 22, verse 14. The Bible says, Blessed are they that do, the, do these, do his commandments, that they may have a right, the tree of life and may enter in in through the gate in the city revelation chapter 22 verse 14 therefore we see that eating and drinking the lord is our destiny it's god's ordination if you do anything else or have another choice other choice you will find there in the book of Revelation, talking about having right, having right to the tree of life. Having right again to the tree of life. Remember, Christ came as the tree of life. So he came that they may have life. The life that man did not participate. Man did not partake of. Our Christ came so that we can partake of that life. Let me tell you, the greatest enemy to humanity is dead. And the solution to it is life. And Christ is our life. This is the record. First, first John chapter 5 verse 11 and 12 this is the record this is the testimony that God has given to us eternal life and this life is in his son whosoever have the son have the life (laughs) why is God talking about life because our greatest monster our greatest enemy is dead nobody wants to die and all of us are looking for life and Christ came as the as our life he did not just come to give us life he came to be our life and he did not just come to be our life, he is the bread of life, so that we can participate, we can eat him daily to partake of life. We don't have any other choice. Any other choice apart from life is dead. Any other choice apart from Christ is dead. Any other choice apart from Christ, whether morality, whether the knowledge of God, whether doctrine, apart from Christ, any other choice is dead. As a matter of fact, man was instructed not to participate, not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So the knowledge of good is also dead. The knowledge of good is dead. But he was instructed, he was supposed to participate and partake of the tree of life. Any other thing apart from Christ is dead. And we feed on Christ. Christ. So God, so God's ordination is for us to feed on Christ, eating the Lord, and we have no other choice. God ordained even before the foundation of the world that that you know our destiny and our future will be that we will be daily we will daily feed on Christ and live on Christ every day. We're supposed to be feeding on. I don't know what you eat every day, but I feed on Christ every day. I feed on Christ every, even as I'm talking to you. I'm feeding on Christ. I'm feeding on Christ. As a matter of fact, I am only dishing out to you what I've been fed on. I'm giving Christ to you because I feed on Christ daily. Christ is my life. Christ is everything to me. I feed on Christ. I don't feed on demons. I feed on Christ. I don't feed on demons. I feed on Christ. What are you feeding on? What are you feeding on? No, we must be. What must Christians do? Eat Christ. What kind of Christians are you? We are Christians who eat the law. What kind of church do you have? A church that feeds on the law. We must have a church that feeds on the Lord. Christians are people that eat the law. They eat Christ. Christ is their daily food, their menu. You know, that is all. Christ is the only menu we have. The entire Bible speaks about Christ. It doesn't talk about doctrine, morality. It talks about Christ. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The more you keep taking of me, the more you are immuning yourself against death. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ is the immunization, is the immunity against death. He has abolished death and brought immortality to life, to light, through the gospel the gospel is christ himself as our life when we participate and take christ in we are dissolving that can you imagine every human being on earth participate it on christ daily we'll no more be talking about death. we'll no more be talking about there's no peace there's no joy because christ is peace christ is our joy christ is our life christ is our love everywhere we are supposed to feed on christ christ is an all-inclusive dose Christ is an all-inclusive spirit. It has everything that humanity is seeking for. They are all in Christ. We're supposed to participate in Christ. Participate. Take. We're supposed to eat Christ and feed on Christ. So, so in Christianity, generally today, we have lost the matter of eating the Lord. And it has. we have lost sight of the fact that believers have the right to eat the Lord. We don't even talk about this one. As a matter of fact, we, we are so much involved and, 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 and distracted from the Lord. We are focusing on the minor instead of the measure, which is Christ. And Christianity did do so. That's why Revelation said, Blessed are those who watch their rose because they have right to the tree of life. It is not right to worship, to serve God, but the right to eat. Worshiping the Lord is not bad. Saving the Lord is not bad. They are objective. To us, but not subjective to us. That is, they cannot impact life to us. Anytime you worship, when you worship somebody, it doesn't impact life to you. But when you take part, when when you participate, when you eat, when you take the person in, and that one is impact life into your life. Remember that man fell because of what he ate. Was because of what he ate that brought to the fall of man. The fall of man was as a reason of what man partis. Man, what comes into your life really determines the law really determines a lot. So our job is to eat the Lord. The revelation of God as a king for us to worship and serve him does not directly change us or strengthen us. That's why anytime we preach, preachers preach, this is what they will tell you. They will ask us to receive really Christ. They will ask us to take Christ in. What comes in is what changes you. What comes into your life is what really impacts you not what is outside of you, no matter how you are hungry. If there is food on the table and you don't eat the food, the hunger will not disappear. If you are tested to drink and they put water, they, give, they put water on the table and you don't drink the water, the test will, will continue. We are supposed to participate. That is why Jesus Christ told the one of Samaria, I am the living water. The water I'm going to give you. <laughs> Man, you will never come here again. That water will be in you a well. That water will be in you a well, springing up um, up to everlasting life, to a level that you will never come again. And he was talking about himself. He was talking about himself. He said, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living waters. And that was God himself. He was talking about himself. What I give you as food, what I give you, what you will take in, will meet your need. We feed on Christ daily. We feed on Christ daily. We drink Christ daily. And that is what gives us the strength. As we eat food and drink water daily, that is how we're supposed to be feeding on Christ and drinking Christ daily for our strength. For our strength. For our strength. It is the revelation of Christ in us as our life, our person, and the bread of life that directly impacts us and has more to do with us. And that is how it works. The revelation of God as a king is good. The revelation of God as our Lord, what we are supposed to worship is good, but it does not directly impact us. There is the revelation of Christ in us as our life, as our everything that directly impacts us. Christ as our daily food and water for us to eat and drink. So we have discovered in Genesis that God himself Reveal in Christ as the tree of life. God revealed himself in Christ as the tree of life for us to partake of. In Exodus, we, we discover that he himself became the lamb for our consumption. Reveal himself as the lamb for our consumption. And in Deuteronomy, we discover that the produce in their, the produce of the land were a type of Christ, you known for eating. They brought to the, the milling house for eating. And in Revelation, we also discover that we have right to the tree of life. Whatever it means the entire Bible, as a matter of it, talking about our participation. You no, know, you only become one with the thing that you eat. You only become one with the thing. The food that you eat, that is how it comes into your body and make you strong. And you become one with the food. You become one. So when we are eating and participation in Christ, Christ is taking over your body. You are being intoxicated and saturated with Christ. And you only speak Christ. You only speak Christ. Christ becomes our strength because we are participating we are taking in christ as our life christians are weak because they don't feed on christ they feed on demons they feed on father's house and mother's house they feed on all kinds of doctrines all kinds of religious stuff that's why christians are weak that's why they go for deliverance because they don't even know that christ lives in them they don't even know that the food they are eating can dissolve every form of sickness every form of demons in their life they don't know that the greater one lives in them. The greater one. We are of God. Little children. And we have overcome them. Because greater is he. That is in you. Than he that is in the world. You are strong. That's First John chapter 4 verse 4. Who he that is in you is greater. He that is in you. is Greater. The person in you. When you read your Bible. And pray. You are feeding on Christ. You are feeding on Christ. Tomorrow. I will be showing you. Why the lamb must be slain. I will be showing you why Jesus needed to be crucified, crouched on the cross, died and resurrected. I will be showing you tomorrow. Remember, we are on our series on revealing Christ as our food and water for us to eat and drink daily. Eat and drink daily. I pray for you in the name of the Lord Jesus that this revelation will sink deep into your spirit. That you will take Christ every day now as your food and as your water for you to eat and to drink, And every day as you eat Christ, you participate in Christ. And that is how you are going to be receiving the strength. You're going to be intoxicated and saturated with the life of Christ. You keep receiving the energies of Christ. The energies of Christ. You keep receiving the strength of Christ. And that is how you'll be overcoming every situation that comes your way as you participate, as you eat Christ, as you take Christ in every day. You are receiving strength. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And I pray for you by the reason of this message that you are reading. Whatsoever is not of God in your life. Disappears. In the name of Jesus. Disappears. Sickness. Crush. In your life. Weakness disappears in your body. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Name of the Lord Jesus. Eat Christ. Feed on Christ. Daily as you eat food and drink water. Feed on Christ. Daily. You always be strong, you will always have the energy and the capacity to be a sign and a wonder. I love you with the love of Christ. This is Pastor Harmony the Christ Man. To contact me, contact me in my WhatsApp. If this is blessing you, please share, share, and share. God bless you tomorrow. Bye bye. Good morning ladies and gentlemen, this is Pastor Harmony, the Christ man. Today is another wonderful great day. Today I'm going to continue on our series on revealing Christ as our food and water for us to eat and drink daily. Today I'm going to take you on part four, part four, wherever you are, let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for my listener and I ask you to open your eyes this morning again and reveal yourself to them as their food and water for them to eat and drink. In Jesus' precious name, amen. And amen. Now, we discovered that the revelation of God in Christ as of our food and water is not heard in Christianity today. You know, uh, revealing Christ as of our food and water is not it's a strange revelation in the body of Christ today. The only revelation we had about Christ was the revelation of being Him being the King and the Lord for us to worship and to serve Him. All over the world, everybody knows that the only thing they are supposed to do is to worship well and to save God. You know, we discovered yesterday, the other day in John chapter 6, that when the people wanted to force Jesus to be a king, he vanished, he disappeared. And later revealed Himself to the people as the bread of life. Because God never really intended that we should carry him in high extreme, high position. Because that will not really impact us. He came to be our life. For him to be our life. He must come to our level. We don't need to take him as a king. Because taking him as a king or a lord is just to worship and to serve him. But that is the concept that the church has had for many years. And that does not cancel the fact that God is our king. and God is our lord for us to worship and to serve him. But like I said, that is an objective revelation of God that really has nothing to do with us. It does not really benefit us in the long run. So, so far we have seen that. In Genesis, God God revealed Himself in Christ as the Tree of Life for us to partake of Him. In Genesis, in Exodus, He revealed Himself as the Lamb, the Passover Lamb for our consumption, the Passover Lamb for our consumption, for our eating. And in Deuteronomy, we discover that the produce in the land were a type of Christ for our eating. After after uh, the children of israel entered their promised land everybody was given an inheritance and that inheritance was actually christ that is they had their portion and they were supposed to walk on their portion and bring the produce to the house of the lord They call that an offering and all those offering were a type of christ and the purpose of that offering was for healing for healing healing they also described in the book of revelation now we all of us have a right to the tree of life so god still bring us back to the fact that we were supposed to participate we we're supposed to partake of him partake of him that's why when god created man in the book of genesis he said you are free to eat of every tree but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that shall not eat because the day you shall eat thereof you shall certainly die so man died because of what he ate the fall of man was the result of what he ate what he ate and as a matter of fact, we are going to be living by what we are eating. What we are eating, we were supposed to partake of the tree of life. Jesus Christ came as the tree of life for us to partake of him. Today, our focus will be, why must Jesus Christ, the lamb, be slain? The Bible says Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. He was slain from the foundation. Why must he be slain? Why must Christ be crucified? Why must Christ die? Why must he be resurrected? You know, we don't know this. Who is Jesus, as a matter of fact? Jesus Christ was the manifestation of God and the mingling of God with men. He lived a life full of God. He lived a life full of God. There was nothing sinful, nothing wrong about him. His was a life in which only God could be seen. He manifested God. As a matter of fact, he was called Emmanuel. And what's the meaning of Emmanuel? God with us. God with us. He was Emmanuel. Yet, according to God's eternal purpose, he had to die. He had to die but why must Christ have to die all along while growing up I heard that that the only reason why Christ was supposed to be die because we were sinful Christ must die for us because we were sinful Christ have to die for us and that is true but there are more important reason why Christ have to die they are more important as a matter of fact you know because of sin Christ have to die that is the minor reason so today I'm going to give you three reasons why Christ must die and in this reason I'm going to give you, one is the measure, and two are minors. One is the measure, and two are minors. And I'm going to begin with the minor reasons. The two minor reasons. And I'll give you the one major reason why Christ had to die. For, okay, the reasons... now. Nah. These are the three reasons. Number one, for our judgment and redemption. Christ had to die, number one, for our judgment and redemption. Number two, to terminate the old creation. Christ had to die for the termination of the old creation, to bring the old creation and man to an end. And the major reason is Christ needed to die to come into us, to impart himself as life into us and to be our life supply and every other thing. But Let's begin the explanation of this stuff. Number one, for redemption through judgment. Oh, for our judgment and redemption. Christ had to die for our judgment and our redemption. Oh, for redemption through judgment. Man was fallen and creation must be judged. Man was contradictory to the holiness and the righteousness of God and fell short of God's glory. And creation was subject to vanity under the slavery of corruption. So man and creation must be dealt with by God. Man and creation must be dealt with by God because man has fallen. And creation must be judged. So man and creation must be dead with by God. Now, let's look at it from another dimension. God had a plan, and Satan came in to frustrate and to stop God's plan from being accomplished, but he could never succeed. He can frustrate and delay. Satan can frustrate and delay, but he can never stop God's eternal plan from being realized. So, God will certainly accomplish what he has proposed. That's why we must know. He must certainly accomplish what he has proposed. So the question is, how will God accomplish his eternal purpose when God, when man was fallen and creation was corrupted? How will that happen? He accomplishes his purpose by redemption, which can only come through judgment. By redemption, which can only come come through judgment. And that is why Christ must have to die on the cross. That is why Christ had to be judged on on behalf of the fallen humanity and and corrupted creation. Corrupted creation. Through judgment, God could redeem fallen humanity and recover corrupted creation. Through judgment, God redeem us, the fallen humanity, and recover corrupted creation. So the death of Christ on the cross is on one hand the judgment of God and the other hand the redemption of God. We all know that we are, we were sinners. You know, before the cross, all of us were sinners. We were born sinners. We were born sinners. We are all children of Adam. That's before the cross. The book of Romans chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible says, Through one man sin came to this world, and through sin, death has passed to every humanity. And that was before the cross. So we were all born sinners for all have sin. That was before the cross. We were all sinners. So God must judge the sinners. No redemption without judgment. There is no redemption without judgment. Before our redemption, God had to judge us first, because something went wrong. So you don't just come and redeem somebody that has, that uh, you don't just redeem a criminal without judgment. And that is why in our law in our law court or legal department, when somebody is a criminal and is convicted of something before sentence, in a life sentence or redemption will be given to him, that he will be released, or he will be sentenced to life imprisonment or to death. The first thing is judgment. The first thing is judgment. Before redemption, there must be judgment. Before you sentence somebody to life imprisonment, or to death, or before you release the person from his criminality, the first thing is judgment. That's the purpose of our law court. So, friend, you can't tell me that We had redemption without going through judgment. Judgment took place before our redemption. Before our redemption. Now, no one can be redeemed from death without judgment. So, friend, we must have full assurance. And this is good news. We must have full assurance that we have already passed the judgment of God and have been redeemed. We have passed the judgment of God and we have already been redeemed. And this is good news. No judgment day ahead of us because there is no redemption without judgment. Now this will create this will create you no know, pandemonium in the body of Christ in the sense that people have this concept that we have judgment of God ahead of us. We don't have any judgment of God ahead of us. because God couldn't have redeemed man without judging man. So judgment has already taken place. It took place before our redemption. God could not redeem somebody that he has not judged. And God judged us and redeem us in himself. We, are, we were free from God's judgment, have been redeemed. Brothers and sisters, not only we were judged 2,000 years ago on the cross in Christ, but we were likewise redeemed by Christ himself. Christ, by his death, was judged on our behalf by his judgment. God has redeemed all of us. God redeems only that which He has judged. No judgment, no redemption. If we have redemption, then judgment has already taken place. And this is the greatest news. That's why the the gospel is called the good news. We preach the good news. And what is the good news? What Christ has accomplished for us. You know, that is it. So the moment we were judged in Christ on the cross, we were also redeemed. So God judged. God judged but sinful men and the corrupted creation and at the same time redeem them back god judge and redeem corrupted creation why because god need both humanity and creation to fulfill his eternal purpose redemption judgment must take place judgment and redemption must take place because the devil cannot stop god's plan god need to accomplish his purpose so he need to redeem man and there's no way he can redeem man without taking man to judgment. So, not judgment day ahead of us. Remember, God created man so that he can feel man and take possession of man so that man can express him on it. And sin came. And sin came. Now, for God to redeem man, God have to judge man for taking that wrong decision. And in Christ, because of the love that he loves us, we were judged and redeemed in Christ. We were judged and redeemed in Christ why because God's plan and purpose must continue the devil can't stop God's plan and purpose praise the lord and do you know what this is the minor reason not even the major reason this is the minor reason why Christ why Christ must be slain why Christ must die this is the minor reason the second reason is to terminate the old creation why must Christ have to die it's to terminate now we are now actually entering in what I call the major reason it's to terminate the old creation now, Christ had to die in order to bring the old creation, including mankind, to an end. Only then could he produce the new creation. The new. Some people think that the old and the new creation comes together. No, the old creation must come to an end before the new creation is produced. In the universe, there is such a fa- I'm under this principle in the universe that the old must go for the new for the new to come. The old must always go for the new to come. The old humanity and the old creation must pass away so that the new may be ushered. The new creation will be ushered. New creation could be ushered. How could these be accomplished? It is by the death of Christ. The death of Christ was the death of death. The death of Christ was the death of the old creation. The death of Christ was was the termination of sin, was the termination of the world, the termination of every negative thing that came as a result of the fall of man. As a matter of fact, the death of Christ was the end of the world. Some people are still waiting for the end of the world. The end of the world ended in the death of Christ. Death ended in the death of Christ. Ooh, you're not getting what I'm trying to say here. That's why we need to preach the gospel. The world ended in the death of Christ. That is it. so. death of Christ was the end of death and the end of the world. Who is Christ? He is the head of all creation. So all creation subsists in Christ. According to Colossians 1, verse 17, He is the head and He is the center. He is the representation of the whole creation. so so whatever happened to christ happened to the entire creation. christ dead on the cross devil means that the whole creation as represented in christ was brought to an end though through by and in the death of christ we and the whole creation were terminated the whole creation can you imagine that god in christ needed to round up round up terminate Put to an end the old creation in Christ, so that He can usher the new creation. And this is wonderful. Through one man sin came to this world. Through one man righteousness is coming. And for righteousness to come, there must be the end of the old creation first. So the whole creation was brought to an end by the crucifixion of Christ, by the death of Christ. And that is why Christ must die, so that He can. Bring to a closure the old creation, sin, death, the well, flesh, and sin, and everything that came as a result of the fall of men. Ooh, so that the new creation cannot be created for God to accomplish His great plans. Wonderful! This is the greatest of all the revelation that we have to grasp. Because this is what they call the gospel. The third reason, which is the most important reason, which I really want to focus on why Christ have to die, was to impact himself into us as our life, life supply, and everything. As a matter of fact, this is the most important reason. This is the deeper reason that Christ must have to die, that he might impact himself to us as our life supply. You know, you must, we, all of us, now I want you to notice something. We must, all of us, notice that. Every meal we have eaten is composed of things that have passed through death. Anything that we have to eat, you know, composed of something, composed of things that have passed through death. True of false? Take, for example, a fish. We will, nobody will eat a live fish. Nobody can eat a live fish. The fish must die. <laughs> Everything that we eat must die even an apple or an orange day by day while we are eating we are killing for we must chew the food so it's like everything we're supposed to eat that will impact life to us let's go through the process of dead Why i'm talking i know you're getting at the answers a little bit so nothing can be our food unless it is dead nothing can be our food unless it is dead if god intended That man was supposed to partake of him as life. Then God must go through the process of death so that he can become life to us. A little grain of wheat, if put into death, will grow. For there is life in it. Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. You are not getting what I'm trying to say here. Do you know what Jesus said in John chapter 12 verse 24? Unless a corner of wood falls to the ground and die it abides alone. But if it dies, that is when it can produce life. When Christ came, he said, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Now for your information, he couldn't have supplied that life. He couldn't have given that life to anybody if you have not passed through death. Because we only have life. We only have life. We only receive life. Life can only be duplicated and multiplied after it has gone through death. You're not getting me. All what we eat, pass through death. And what, when we are eating it is giving us strength and life. Giving us strength and life. So it has to pass through death. So we must realize that Christ had to pass through death in order to impact himself into us as our life, our life supply, and our everything. now let me give you a, a very important point so that you should note it even if we were not sinner sinful sinful sinners christ still must die for us and that is what many people don't know he had to die that he might be our life and life supply even if we were not sinners even if man has not fallen christ was still supposed to die i've never heard this anywhere many people don't preach this but that's just the simple truth if you understand what was God's eternal purpose and plan, you will not know that Christ did not die because man had to sin. If, if man did not sin, Christ must have had to die. Unless a corner of wood falls to the ground and die, it abides alone. Before the cotton of wood to reproduce and duplicate himself, that kind of wood must go through death. And that is the key. Christ was the only begotten son. And what was God's eternal plan? To bring many sons into glory. To bring many sons into glory. How would that happen? It must go through the process of death. To the process of death, and that was also, so. Even if man did not sin, that could have still happened. Now, let's look at the process by which God, God, God had to have Eve out of Adam. Eve out of, so, for God to get another life from Adam, what did God do? He needed to cause Adam to fall into deep sleep. And that way, we, we can acclaim that to be dead. And what happened? It took the woman. Process, out of that process, so to get another life, that is the process on duplicating life and getting another life. The one that is alive must go through the process of death, so that more lives can be duplicated. So when a man sin, or man did not sin, God, Christ could could have still died, so that. John chapter 12 24 should come to pass unless a corner falls to the ground, and that is that bias alone. Remember, God predestinated all of us to be conformed to His Son. He wanted to bring many sons into glory. How would that happen? That would happen through the process of death. And this is the major reason why the lamb must be slain, so that this lamb cannot duplicate and supply himself as life to everybody. So that we can all partake of him and eat him and drink him and have the life that he has. Wonderful news. Wow. Do, let, me, let me, do you know that? all of us especially during christmas period and other festive period we kill animals like goat and chicken do we kill them because somebody has seen? no we don't kill them because somebody somebody's sin. we kill them because we want to we want that animal that goat that chicken that turkey to impact life into us so we are not killing chicken and killing cows and killing goats all over the world because anybody has seen. because it has to impact life we have to we have to impact life into many other people and that is the concept. Oh, I don't know whether you're getting me. So that's why Christ had to die, and that's the major reason why Christ had to die. Christ is the food of life from heaven, Christ is our food. And remember, I was talking about revealing Christ as our food and water for us to eat and drink. Christ cannot be our food if He has not gone through the process of death. For Him to really be our food, for, for, for. To come into us, he must go through the process of death. And that was when Christ resurrected from the dead. he became the life-giving spirit so we can partake of him. He came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. He came to be our life and for him to be our life, he must go through the process of death. So he can impact himself to us as our life, our life supply and our everything. We can only take him into us by the way of death. We can only take Christ into us by the way of death. We can only take Christ into us by the way of death. What he said, now what he said in, in the book of, just read, like I said little, like in the book, of, the, the book of John chapter 6, read the book of John chapter 6. He regarded himself as the bread of life. And that was indicating then, he cannot be, he cannot come into us without the process of death. He had to die. And he he, he, he he did died. Praise the Lord so that we can now partake of him. That's why he is now our food for us to drink because he was slain. When a lamb is slain, that lamb becomes food. I told you that when God told the children of Israel to take a lamb and slain the lamb, the blood was put on the lentil of their doors and that symbolizes redemption but what did they do with the lamb they were inside the house with the blood at the door eating (laughs) eating the lamb my brother eating the lamb eating the flesh the blood was outside for their past over the way eating and that is why they could move in the wilderness for many years why because they ate the lamb and that is the concept for christ to become our food he must pass through dead Christ died in order to give himself to us as our food, as our life and our life supply. And this is the deeper reason why Christ must die. To become our life. The bread of life for us to eat and to drink every day. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. About <laughs> Father. That's why Christ has to die. Tomorrow, I'm going to begin section 2. On how to eat Christ as our food and how to drink Christ as our water. Section 2. On how to eat Christ and how to drink Christ. I pray for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. That you will receive this gospel with an open mind. And that you will not know, that you will not be conscious of the reason why Christ has to die. That you will begin to eat Christ every day as your food, as your water, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that you will take Christ every day as your life. Take Christ every day as your life supply, your food and your world, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the more you will participate and eat Christ, the more strength you will have. The more you can fulfill his purpose, the more you can reveal him. The more you can reveal Him. The more you can reveal Him. Pray that Christ will be the determinant of your life. The determinant of your health. The determinant of your protection, provision and everything. Christ will be the determinant. Because you eat Christ and drink Christ daily. You are to bless. And I love you with the law of Christ. God bless you. This is your friend and pastor. Harmony, the Christ man. If this is blessing you, please share and share and share. To contact me, contact me through my WhatsApp. God bless you and bless you and bless you. Bye bye.